Hello and welcome to the Healed Approach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Heald, workplace wellbeing and leadership consultant. The aim of this podcast is to bring the human back into leadership. It's about how success depends on healing, connection and better relationships because these are really key to well-being. You will find an open, honest and vulnerable approach that will inspire and motivate you on your business journey because fundamentally, well-being and leadership all come down to human connection. This is the real key to happier humans and better business outcomes. I really hope that you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Healed Approach podcast. Today I am joined by Tanya Rodney. Tanya is a former makeup artist who's worked with some of the biggest names in the music business, including Beyonce. Inspired by the birth of her daughter, Tanya left that world behind her. I don't know why she'd want to leave Beyonce behind her and put all her energy into the creation of Dandy Dill Way, an eco-chic, luxurious brand of exceptional skin and hair products for babies, children and tweens, as well as those with sensitive skin. Since the launch, the brand has been seen in elite publications such as British Vogue and garnered a steady following of fans, including Victoria Beckham. So thank you so much for joining us today, Tanya. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. So I guess my first question would be, what is so unique about your brand? I mean, it sounds amazing. And obviously, you know, it's, it's got Victoria Beckham's attention. Tell <laughs> us what it is that is unique about it. Well, there, there are lots of things that are unique about it. I suppose the most obvious thing would be our natural um, botanical extract of wild-grown hawthorn berries because we use a forager to go out and pick oh, wow. berries. So she's a professional forager and she literally fills up her baskets with wild hawthorn berries. And then we have a company that make a very uh, mild extract. So it's very gentle. Uh, the berries are steeped in sunflower oil. And then they create this botanical extract. And that goes into all our skin and hair care products. And the amazing thing, hawthorn's an incredible plant. Um, it's... It has an amazing history. So historically, um, it was used to, well, it was used to treat a broken heart, if you can believe it. Oh, wow. And that, yeah. And and what modern science is now discovering is that Hawthorne does indeed have properties that are really good for the cardiovascular system. Oh, I never knew So there, you know, it's one of those sort of what you might think of an old wives' tale. Actually, there's some truth in it. So we use a, a wild-grown berry ingredient. We have a natural scent. Use the you know the hedgerows as an inspiration, and um, we we make very sophisticated products. So our formulas are um, really efficacious. They are um, a blend of really high-quality ingredients, and we don't use any allergens. So we avoid all allergens. Um, we don't use essential oils. So. I think we're, a, and we have our beautiful packaging. You know, we, we are proud to be on many beautiful bathroom shelves. Oh, yeah, I can imagine, <laughs> including Victoria Beckham. <laughs> Sound like a terrible name dropper. <laughs> <laughs> I guess 
so why where did the did you know about Hawthorne the the, the wonderful potential the wonderful properties of it before you set out to develop the product do you know what I did my uh, my mother was a really keen gardener and she was both my parents really loved the countryside um and she really taught me about plants so she explained what you know natural remedies could be made from from things growing wild um and as kids we used to spend loads of time we spent all our time outdoors rain or shine um so I have two younger sisters and we'd go off and play all day we were the you know children of the 1970s that sort of era of benign neglect I suppose you'd call it and and my mum would you know wave us off in the morning and we'd go home when we were hungry or it was getting dark so remember those days yeah so I don't you know we so I grew up in Yorkshire and uh, I don't I, I don't know if they're still I'm sure people still do it we picked bilberries in particular but we used to love foraging so we'd go out and pick blackberries mum would make jam we'd pick hazelnuts um and hawthorn because it's so ubiquitous you see it all over britain we see it all over europe it's it's actually um the chinese use it as a digestive aid so um it has an it does have amazing properties and it was just something that i felt was um you know knowing that it was really rich in the um antioxidants polyphenols lots of phytonutrients um that I wanted to capture something of my childhood, of my freedom as a kid in, in the good old days and, and get that, you know, that essence of the British countryside as well as childhood freedom into the bottle. So that's, I think it just kind of evolved like that. I love that. And that's something that I wanted to ask you really is how does it harness the British countryside? But, you know, I think you've kind of You've kind of encompassed that. It, it, yeah, it's 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 also the name. I mean, so obviously we've got the wild grown ingredients. Um, the fragrance took a year to develop. So we had lots of submissions um, for very sweet and fruity and quite sickly scents, really, that were, were sent. Um, because people, that, you know, the companies that were submitting for us... Um, knew it was for babies and children and so they just made that assumption you know you wanted to smell a banana or you know orange or something um and it wasn't until they understood that we were we were using a wild-grown ingredient and the we wanted to capture that lovely scent of summer and and, and the english countryside um, and they got it really quickly once we did that with quite an interesting blend of fragrance in notes. Um, and it's quite lovely. I mean, somebody called it Bottle Sunshine, which I love. Oh. I think that sums it up. Yeah, I really, I've, I've not had the pleasure yet of trying it, but I'm going yeah, to have to get We'll send you yeah. some. Yeah, no, definitely. I love, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say, like, I love, I, I just love the whole branding, um, you know, because I think, as with anything, you know, I think when a product can not only do a really good job, which I want to go on to, you know, um, but when it can also kind of capture something that's really emotive, I think it, it, it's so much more powerful. And like what you said there, I think you got me 
you know, regardless of the scent, the packaging, you got me when you spoke about picking the blackberries. Because that's what I used to do. And my son, my son, still my youngest son, still loves doing that. And I think, you know, we, we grow up too quickly, don't we? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, think, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so people ask me, obviously my daughter was the catalyst for it. Yeah. But really the brand is more about my childhood experiences yeah. and my childhood freedom because my daughter's grown up in London and I wouldn't let her out of my sight at the age that I was when I was allowed to go off and play so it's we're just living in a very different era I think now and I think people are quite nostalgic for that innocence even though you know the 1970s as we look back weren't exactly the epitome of uh, you know innocence that we all thought they were but <laughs> but you know in so far as we were protected um as children and we you know we lived in our own little bubble of innocent uh, you know playing and being outdoors um yeah it's it's i think a lot of, uh, of of parents nowadays just wish that life could be a bit simpler and um and yes. i think you know hopefully we you know we can make it a little bit simpler and a little bit nicer yeah and that brings me on to asking you yeah how is it helping parents and children well, we wanted, I mean, I, the ethos of the brand is to give exceptional care for children. So I, I, that sort of came to me. I thought about my daughter and how much I love her and, and how you know, every aspect of the care, you know, the things that I do for her um, and teach her, I, I just care so much that I can do my best for her. And I thought that you know, obviously that's what every parent wants. Everybody wants to give their child or their children exceptional care. So that that was the the sort of driving um, idea, you know, the ethos between about everything that we did, whether it was choosing ingredients, whether it was the kind of bottle we picked, where the, the letters on the packaging were placed. Everything was so meticulous because we just... <laughs> wanted it I wanted it to be perfect um and and I and also I thought you know to help parents I think a lot of products can patronize children I think you know you know this you know the scent was a really good example that children don't necessarily want something to smell of bubble gum or or sweeties or, or fruity and for and they might want something that's a little bit more I mean, sophisticated, I suppose, even if that's not necessarily the word that a child would pick, but um, they w might want something that's a little bit more like mummy or daddy uses. I, I, that's what I was just going to say, actually, because my son, he has got this thing about smelling my hair. You know what I mean? And like, oh, so I was just going to say sweet. that. Yeah, but that, that's because I was just thinking, okay, so what my kids, obviously, they want to eat the sweetie flavours. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're right. I love that because, yeah. Um, yeah, I think and sense really thing. evocative. Yeah, of course it is. Sorry to interrupt. Sense, sense really evocative. So, you know, people try it and they think it smells of coconut. There's no coconut scent in there, but that's what it can smell to them. Um, or apples. But th I think that because of the sort of romance of perfume and scent, and it being very evocative and very personal. Um, to me, I think Dandy's away quite, you know, bottle sunshine sounds lovely, but it's, 
to me, it's quite like summer holidays. There's a holiday scent. And maybe that's what other people pick up on with coconut. If they're, you know, on a beach somewhere drinking coconut water or or a pina colada. I say that's more up my street. <laughs> is, is it pina colada that has coconut in it? I think it is. Pineapple, is it? I don't know. It is. Pino is pineapple, isn't it? So yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, right. I'm not really a cocktail person, as you can tell. So. <laughs> a, co- a cocktail with coconut in. Um, but it, yeah, scents is really evocative. But also the our packaging, um, I felt like that French beauty brands were really the benchmark there. I yeah. think the French have a reputation for being the best in the world when it comes to beauty. Mm. And, um, and, and simplicity and sort of something that's, chic and and simple and elegant and timeless doesn't it didn't have to have cartoon we didn't want to do it cartoony we didn't want to make it you know overly bright or glare you know garish so um I spent quite a lot of time finding a French designer I thought what would be the best we want a French designer who's trained in a British art school because we have the best art schools in the world and 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 I found her eventually. So I knew she was good because she was as fussy as me, even just toing and froing on the contract. I thought I like her. She's very particular. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the I love the the journey and the fact that there's so much of you that's gone into this. That, <laughs> yes. that, that is so important. There's almost blood, sweat, and tears in those bottles. There's not, but but I think you know, this is the thing, though, isn't it? Any anything, any product, any service, you know. In business, it, you know, if there's a passion and there's there's a part of you in it, then I think that's what's going to make it successful. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think smaller businesses. Obviously, I was, you know, I launched the brand, and it was, yeah, you know, I got the final say on it, everything. I think the thing to you've got to know is who to trust because everybody's yeah. got an opinion. Everybody will tell you what oh, they think. Gosh, yes. And it just, you know, if in a big corporation, that can just mean that an idea is diluted and, and you, you get sort of design or a product. That's a, 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 the good thing about being a small business, a family business, is that you you can be very precise and you don't need to get distracted by, um, you know, external things that really don't help you make the right decisions it's interesting you should say that because I think I think you're right but I think when the leadership and the culture is right in a larger organization you know that 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 sense of belonging that trust those good ideas will really come through but I think this is what what is lost in large corporations is you know leadership becomes management People don't listen to each other. That sense of, you know, that I guess that sense of community and belonging that you have as a small business is sometimes lost. But it doesn't have yeah. to be. It really doesn't have to be, you know. No. And, and there are some great examples. I mean, you look at Google. When Google, you know, kind of smashed the search engine, that was because there was that, you know, there was not that there weren't they weren't driven by bureaucracy or hierarchy. They were driven by, you know, that they had a leader who was very open, who was very vulnerable, and that created the space for everyone else to, to do the same thing. So for me, you know, the best businesses in the world are the ones that are nurturing that. And the ones that have a great brand story. Apple, you know, Apple might not have the best products, you know, in the world, but they are the leading, you know, they are leading in what they do because they've got an amazing story and people resonate with it. You know? Yeah. So yeah. 
Um, and they have consistency. And I think... Oh, um, I posted about that today, consistency. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, because... I, don't, I mean, I don't have a lot of, ex, I don't have any real experience of working in a corporate world, but I've worked for corporations as a makeup artist. I've obviously worked for record companies um, and I've had experience, obviously, with buyers in big um, you know, department stores and, and distributors and so on. And I think, you know, I get a, I get a little alarm bell if I feel like there's people won't take responsibility for mistakes. And I think it's a good sign when in a company when they they there's no pressure you know they can own up somebody in the organization who I'm, I'm dealing with or whoever's dealing with can hold their hands up and say we've made a mistake I've made a mistake and we'll put it right and that's all that matters because everybody makes mistakes that's you know that we we wouldn't be any good if we didn't make mistakes and then the other thing I mean I was at psychological, um, psychological safety the end of the day you've got is it yeah go on sorry yeah so well it just it shows that there's a secure they're secure in their position they're they're good at their job they just might there's just might have been a silly mistake somebody overlooked something whatever um and it gets put right and no one thinks about it again you just think well that i'm so glad they put that right and it doesn't really doesn't matter yeah um, but the other, I was I, I was part of a, um, a government funded sort of help to grow program, which was run out of Kingston University, and that was a you know that there, there are lots of you know, interesting people on there, and you know there's some small businesses, and then people who work in big businesses, and there was just somebody told a story about how they were in a meeting and they were trying to come up with a new um, sort of uh, strap line. For and it was for Nationwide Building Society. Oh, right. And I think they'd been, you know, they, I don't know if it'd been out to an outside agency. They'd been racking their brains. Somebody junior in around the table said, Building Society Nationwide. And as soon as this guy said, you know, I just thought, God, that's absolutely brilliant. And that obviously was the, was the line they chose because it's, just perfect it's it says everything absolutely genius yeah it says everything it's so simple anybody could remember that because it's obviously just flipping the name but you know the the fact that they they ran with it nobody tried to claim it in higher up in the organization as their idea or you know it was a departmental thing it was I don't know Joe Bloggs came up with it and I hope they got a big bonus for it because they deserved one yeah but that's again you know that's I think when you can encourage people to have a voice, having these roundtable, you know, events at work where people can be heard. These are all the things that I work with organisations on developing and nurturing and cultivating because, like you say, when it when that happens, great things happen. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you've you've been on a journey um, business wise. I mean, what what kind of inspired your transition? Um, from makeup artist to, yeah. to to the business, um, it was a number of factors. I I was um, I was living abroad, and um, I'd had my daughter, and she um, I, as a makeup artist, she couldn't travel anymore with me. So I felt I needed to do something that was home based that I could be in control of. <laughs> I thought well, and, I was going to say yeah <laughs> that. <laughs> ran away with me a little bit but I wanted 
um, I've never had a job. I've always worked. I've worked since I was 16. I mean, I was in education till I was 20 something, one or something. But I've always, you know, had part-time jobs, summer jobs, like, you know, like most people. Um, But never actually had a, a contract of employment. So I've always been somebody... So I've always been somebody who I've never had any job security. So it wasn't a huge leap of faith to say, okay, I'm going to try something new. What I hadn't, um, I suppose, envisaged was the the financial commitment to developing products because you have to develop before you and manufacture before you can sell anything. So it's a very front-loaded, as you might say, um, uh, enterprise. Um, it's not like, I, you know, I'm not doing a drop shipping where somebody else is making it. There's no risk <laughs> involved. They just send it out for me when I sell it for them. So that, you know, that that gave me a few sleepless nights, the, the financial commitment. But it was a sort of, it was personal reasons, really, and genuinely thinking, where are where is the beautiful British children's toiletries brand? Where where is lovely, elegant, simple, well made, well designed skin and hair care for for kids? Because there were beautiful baby brands, newborn and babies. But for you know, as my daughter got older, there just really was not anything I wanted to use on her, and certainly not anything I wanted to see on the bathroom shelf and I guess yeah you are really kind of you know improving that experience of parenthood I think I hope so yeah yeah I hope we make I think we make mums and dads mornings a little bit easier certainly the detangler you know less screaming uh, that was one thing that was always a bit dramatic before we got the detangler sort you know um, made was getting my daughter ready for school in the morning you know putting her little plats in yeah so yeah it is um <laughs> yeah, well, I've got boys I have you know so I've not had that um that issue although having said that is mum can you gel my hair or mum oh, oh yeah kin up everywhere and, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that can and getting happen them to actually yeah use shower gel <laughs> yeah well that's the thing if they if they see a product and they smell a product and they feel a product that is is nice to use yes. and not you know something horrid or it stings their eyes or itches their skin or makes them yeah. feel like they're you know been washed with uh, fairy liquid um they, they'll they'll that's what it that's what bringing children up it, it is about isn't it it's about teaching them independence and teaching them to look after themselves and and it's teaching, teaching them the the niceness of it not just the functionality of it yeah you know, we want I mean you know I want my boys to look after themselves I want them to take pride in themselves you know and I consider things yeah yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had one really interesting comment. So, one of the dads, he's um, he's actually my daughter's uh, godfather. He said to me, you know, and he's had lots of the products and loves them, and his son absolutely loves them. And he said to me, Tanya, I never, I never realised that it that it make there's a word on the side of the box, and 
I said, they're all words. And he didn't, he just thought they were random letters scattered on it. And this is a, you know, really smart, observant person. And he said, Lucian uh, pointed out, I think it said adventures. One of the packs says adventures or something. And he's always complaining that Lucian doesn't like to read. We can't get him to read anything. He doesn't like books. I can't believe it. What books can we get him to read? I thought, you know, but this little one is, he's looking at the letters and he's realizing they make a word, you know, his curiosity is sparked and he's considering things. And curious. I love that. Yeah. It's so attentive. I'm always talking about how to inspire, you know, curiosity you know, well, in adults as well as kids, but, oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, and he was genuinely surprised. The dad, he said, no, I just never noticed. Well, to me, it's obvious because they're, they're, you know, but I, I mostly, I thought of most of them, but they were always words that I associate with childhood. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So it's meaningful. So I just have one last question for you. Yes. What, so, you know, thank you so much for sharing, um, you know, your journey and, and you know, why, you, why you've developed this, this amazing product. But can you tell me what is the, the one, the main thing or the one thing, the most important thing that you've learned about yourself during your business journey? I always thought I was resilient, but I, I know <laughs> I am resilient resilience and um self-belief I wouldn't say I was overconfident but I do think I'm on the right track and uh and I've learned yeah that I I can cope with things quite well excellent that's self-belief I love that because I think you, you need that don't you to be able to kind you of do and confidence, yeah. confidence is on a trajectory. Confidence is, you know, it's it's dynamic. You know, some days you wake up feeling more confident than others. People think, yeah. oh, yeah, you're such a confident person. I'm like, but, yeah, some days you are, some days you're not. It's not, it's never, it's not a static thing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. No, because you're <laughs> reacting. Yeah. yeah. You're reacting to different situations in any given day. You're going to have things that, some a phone call that might knock you confidence and it does make you step back a bit but I've learned a huge amount I mean about, about the cosmetics industry for a start yeah. and you know I I guess I you know another thing I might have learned you did ask for one but I'd say you, you can teach an old dog new tricks oh, <laughs> might be another absolutely I am um, I absolutely do believe that too you know I think it's it's all about mindset and I, I agree. I agree. I think if you've got a growth mindset and you're open to things, then I, totally, I'm with you on yeah. that one. And so. I think people want to help you. You know, if you if you come to them with a good idea, it's it's hard to get a business off the ground. But if you you know, if you have a good idea, you're well researched, you do your groundwork, and you're just nice to people. Yeah. That doesn't cost anything. Being polite to anybody and everybody you meet on the way. Give out the energy that you want to get back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think that's so valuable. And, you know, I would encourage anybody listening, 
to check you out and you know to to try your products and that reminds me actually please do share where people can find you um and and learn more about your products and order them of course oh yes thank you well we're we're definitely online that's probably the easiest thing to remember dandydillway.com brilliant and i will i will put that in the links um, thank you so much the podcast Thank you so much. This has been such an insightful conversation. And thank you so much for, for sharing your journey and being so open and honest about things. I think people will get a lot of value out of this. And hopefully you'll get some happy new customers as well. <laughs> that would be yeah. lovely. Thank um, you. So thanks ever so much. And hopefully speak to you again very soon. I hope so. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please do like, comment and share with your audience. If you would like to know more about how I am championing and implementing fearless workplace wellbeing one bold step at a time, then please do connect with me on LinkedIn or on any other social media channel using the hashtag Rebecca Healed Leadership. You can also email me, rebecca at rebecca-healed.co.uk or you will find me at www.rebecca-healed.co.uk. Thank you again for listening and I hope to see you next time.